Welcome to Lakeshore again. We're so glad that you're here with us. Smyrna Campus, we're glad you guys are with us. Look who I've got with me here, guys. <laughs> this is our Smyrna Campus pastor, uh, Mike Swartz, and he and his family are here at the Antioch Campus today. Uh, we are excited about, we're going to be doing something a little different today. We're going to team, team teach uh, the message today. Well, we haven't done that before, so bear with us and uh, <laughs> cut us some slack. Because we're, we're just going to go through this and, and uh, have some fun with it and hopefully learn together uh, as we continue our series called 2020 Vision. There's a guy who uh, rushed in to see his doctor and he was just really strung out. And he said, Doctor, look at me. When I woke up this morning, I looked in my mirror and I saw that my hair was all messed up and, and my, my uh, skin was all wrinkled and pasty and my eyes were bloodshot and bugging out. And I, uh, I had a corpse-like look uh, when I looked in the mirror, looked almost dead. And the doctor said, well, have a seat. Let me take a look at you. And he looked at him and examined him completely. And he looked back at him after doing a brief exam. And he says, well, I can tell you one thing. Your eyesight is great. <laughs> we are talking about having good vision, uh, not just individually or really our eyesight, but as a church family, uh, having the vision that God wants us to have. Last week we began this series. We started out by talking about clarifying the vision. And uh, I'm happy to have Mike up here with me. And we're going to talk for a moment about, first of all, just reviewing Lakeshore's vision statement. That's the first thing on your outline today is Lakeshore's vision statement. We touched on it last week, but I want us just to briefly review that in case you weren't here. Now, if you weren't here, you can go back and watch that on our website or our YouTube channel. But just to help you catch up here, let's talk about our vision for just a moment, so, Mike. So, yeah, our vision. So if you've been at Lakeshore for a while, you know we've got three things, uh, our statements. And um, the first thing that we talked about and Randy talked about last week was connecting pe people to Christ and to each other. And you've probably heard that if you've been here and if you've, you're new with us. Th that's the first thing in, in, on, our, on our statement is we want to connect people to Christ and to each other. Our first goal is to connect others to Christ before anything else. And then after that, we get to connect them to each other. And, and, and that, that's why we put that first. Um, that's why it's so, so important. That's why it's everywhere that, that, we, uh, um, that you see it everywhere. Absolutely. So, yeah, we've got it all over the place. We've got it on the, on the building and the, on the bulletins and on the website. It's everywhere. You shove it down your yeah. throat for a reason. Yeah, there so. you go. <laughs> well, the second one then is, uh, and you guys know this, if you've been around, is connect. And then what's the next one? Grow. Uh, so we, we exist to help grow people to maturity in Christ. It's one thing to get connected to Christ and each other, but we don't want to just stay babies in Christ. We don't want to stay immature followers of Christ. The disciples' goal, if we're making disciples, is to grow up and mature to become like the teacher. So the second step in our vision statement is to make sure we are doing everything we can do to help you once you get connected to help you grow up and mature as a follower of Jesus Christ. Exactly. And, and growth and, and what, what stems from that. So we got the connect, we got the grow, and you probably know we have the serve. There we go. Okay. Those are three, the three statements that you hear. Those are the three words you see everywhere. Um, growth goes right into service. And so the, our third thing we, 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 we really push is to serve people in the name of Christ. Um, so it's great for us to connect to Christ. It's great for us to grow, but serving is how we demonstrate God's love. We, we, we take that love that we have and we do it and we show it through service. 
And so when we serve, the greatest thing about it is, is it, when we serve, it's not just service to us and we get to say, look how great we are. We get to say, look how great Christ is. Yeah. When we get to serve in the name of Christ, that's a special thing. We get to serve God and we get to bring him glory. And so that's why that's the third thing on, on, on our statements of faith that we have. I'm sorry, on our vision statement. Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we are today in the next couple of weeks going to dig deeper into those three things connecting, growing, and serving. And today, it's the focus on connecting people to Christ and each other. Uh, so I want to start with the first half of that. The second thing on your outline today that we're going to look at is, is the first part of that is connecting people to Christ. Uh, let's review the Great Commission again. We looked at it last week. Let's go back to it again. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. You've got your Bibles. You can open up there, pull it up on your smartphone or tablet. We'll pull it up on the screens too. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. These are the marching orders that Jesus leaves for those disciples that he already had. Those people who had already committed to following him as their teacher, rabbi. That they were going to learn what he had to say and grow up to be like him. And here's what he commanded them to do. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So the first part of that Great Commission is to make disciples. And a disciple, remember, is not just somebody who says, I believe. Not just somebody who's said a prayer and said, I let Jesus into my heart. A disciple is someone who commits to follow after a teacher, to learn that teacher's instructions, and then to apply them uh, to our lives, to be obedient to them. But here's the deal. A disciple will then do what he's just commanded us. If you decide to commit to follow Jesus, then part of that commitment is you're committing to make other disciples too. So, so it's not just for me to be a disciple. Part of being a disciple means I am making other disciples. And studies show us that the average Christian in a lifetime makes maybe one disciple their whole lifetime. Sometimes maybe a couple more, their own family maybe. But beyond that, in general, there are exceptions, but in general, most Christians are not actively making other disciples. So we need to be very vigilant about getting back to this part of the vision statement, uh, connecting people to Christ. That's disciple making. So we not only want to be connected to Christ ourselves, we want to let God use us and work through us and our lifestyles and our activities to make other disciples. And, and, and not just when we, when we make disciples, the first step in that discipleship making um, is, is should be baptism. Um, we, Randy just read a part of the Great Commission, and about 50 days after that, uh, there's this thing called the Day of Pentecost, and it's basically the first church service that ever happens. Yeah. Peter gives this this message and he tells about Jesus, he tells what happens and at the end of it, all the people respond and this is what happens is Acts 2.41 says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The first step that they did to be a disciple, to, to connect to Christ was to be baptized. Um, it was a very important step in the New Testament. It's a very important, we have a big emphasis here on Lakeshore yeah. because, and we do that because, not because we just want to dunk people. We do it because, Actually, I do like yeah, it's, it's a lot yeah. of fun sometimes it yeah. just to kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. 
there's a couple people you, you put a little harder in. Yeah, I, work, I, I work out just for that. I yeah. worked in middle school yeah. for a long time, and yeah. sometimes some of those kids, I just yeah. mm, hold them a little longer. Yeah. But um, the thing yeah. is... <laughs> we haven't lost anybody no, yet. No, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we, uh, we put a high emphasis on it here because... Yeah. Because that's what they did in the New Testament. When when you started the disciple, when you became a disciple, you were baptized, and so that's why it's so important um, here at, here at Lakeshore. Disciple making includes baptism. Absolutely. It's a big part, absolutely. Um, and and being baptized not only connects us to Christ because that's you know it connects us to Christ when we're baptized and we accept Him. We we start that journey with Him. But then what it does, this really cool thing, is that it also connects us with each other. Yeah. It, it, it makes us so we're a part of a family. When we're baptized, we get baptized into a family of believers. Yeah. We get baptized into something uh, that, that is bigger than ourselves. And, and so that's why we shouldn't, um, Randy's going to talk about it a little bit later, think about forsa- we shouldn't forsake the assembly of the church, and we yeah. should really try to, to be here together because this is an important thing. We're, we're connected to yeah. each other through baptism and through Christ. And so that's a big, important step, and that's why we are so uh, diligent about teaching that. That's why it's important for us to, to, to emphasize that, and that's why we, every week we, we, we try to, to let people know that that decision is available if they want it. Absolutely. Um, we looked at, in preparing this series, we especially went back again. We've done this many times all through our existence as a church, but we went back to looking at the New Testament pattern of the church and how they went about making disciples. And what we found were two primary things uh, that they did. One was they assembled together on the first day of the week as Christ followers, those that were already disciples. Uh, And they did that the first uh, day that the gospel was preached and 3,000 responded. They were baptized. They were added to their number that day. So you had the church launch with 3,000 people. Now, those 3,000 people lived in a lot of different places. They were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, but they then went home after that. And you know what they did? They started campuses of Christ followers where they lived. If you read right on through the book of Acts, they started assembling together with others who were following Christ where they lived. Now, they did other things, too, that we'll talk about. But one of the things they did was they started meeting together regularly on the first day of the week. And the, disciple, and the scripture says, they, like Greg said earlier, they met together to break bread, to come around the Lord's table, uh, to have communion together. But when they did that, they also sang and they, they taught scripture. They did all of those things together as a church. So part of our approach here at Lakeshore is uh, moving forward. We're going to emphasize not forsaking that assembly, coming together on the first day of the week. And we now have another campus in Smyrna. We're still one church, but we've got uh, believers that live in that area, followers of Christ, disciples of Christ in that area that are assembling uh, this morning too. And we're so glad you guys are assembling together there in Smyrna. And that was part of the approach of the early church. That's why we followed that pattern. Everywhere they had followers that could get together and, and uh, assemble on the first day of the week and come around the table, they did that regularly and consistently, and they were instructed not to forsake that. So I'm excited that we've got that campus down in Smyrna. That is one of the ways we're going to help people get connected to Christ. Uh, uh, Mike, I'm so glad is here with us to talk a little bit more now about 
Uh, we launched a, a campus in Smyrna a little over a year ago. Just want to give us a little Actually, update. Actually, almost two years that. ago. Almost, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast, it's, it's just quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we launched... Uh, at Easter, it'll be two years. Actually, April 1st right. will be two years. Yeah. April Fool's Day is when we, we did it, um, just for fun. And uh, we, No joke. No, no. It, it really happened yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, Randy had said, you know, we're a multi-site church, and uh, that's important. And if you don't know what that is, if you may be new to Lakeshore, it's one church... But we have different locations. We meet in different places. Uh, we have one church leadership. Uh, um, all of our elders, which Randy serves as one of those, is over both uh, all of our campuses. And so when we say one church, multiple locations, we say that, you know, we are all together. We, we um, uh, are, are in this together. When we celebrate at, at Smyrna, uh, we, we want to celebrate with uh, Antioch. When Antioch has something good, we want to celebrate in Smyrna, and we want to we want to definitely make sure that, that we are one in that situation. But, um, but we found that multi-size is the best way to connect, just like Randy said, to our people outside of our community. So 50 to you, when, when we talk about multi-site campuses, um, people are 52% more likely to invite someone to your church when your church is in your community. Right. Um, and so when we looked at Smyrna, we saw that there was a large group of people there um, and, and that was already coming to Lakeshore. And so those people were, were ready to, to have something in their community. And um, Smyrna's population uh, in 2018 was 45,000. Uh, in 2018, it's gone way up over there. It's over 50 now. Where it's growing like crazy. And but well, that, those 45,000 at that time, about 35,000 are don't go to attend a church every Sunday morning. So uh, there was definitely a mission field there. Um, and so, like I said, you were about two years old. Um, just to kind of let you know, uh, we you know we started with a core group of 60. Yeah. I think is, is about what we started. We are we're, we're running just a little over 120 now. On a, so we we about doubled, um, which is which is very exciting. And, hey, we are applaud yeah. that. That's right. <laughs> it's it's, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and. And, and we, I, I, it's been an amazing experience for me. Um, we've been able to do it because some amazing volunteers down there. Um, it, Smyrna, I'm, I'm telling you, we have, we, Antioch, we bo both campuses has amazing volunteers. That's like right. Lakeshore is so blessed with volunteers. Yeah. Um, but, but we've been able to do that because of our volunteers. There's only me and, and one other person on staff, um, J.W. Andrews, who uh, works with our, our music, who works twice as hard as me, by the way. Just so you know, I mean, he he does. He's he's a hard worker. We'll meet and about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but he but but everybody else is volunteers, and it's an amazing thing. We we yeah. join our Antioch campus for teaching, so we get yeah. to see Randy every Sunday morning, um, and and we get to join uh, campuses together. That's just another way that we connect together, and it, it helps us to remember that we're one church when we join. Um, each campus. Um, we've partnered with a lot of community groups in Smyrna. We're, we're working with Smyrna Elementary. Uh, we just did a program with them for their, uh, for their Christmas. And we also have partnered with uh, something called um, Carpe Artista, which is a group in downtown Smyrna that promotes the arts. And we've worked with them. We've worked with uh, Smyrna Parks and Recreation. We've hosted a bunch of community events um, at our church. We've been able to do that. Um, we've been able to do some outreach events uh, we just did this thing called Pancakes and PJs where we just had a bunch yeah. of kids come and, and meet Santa and a stormtrooper. We had a stormtrooper, yeah. and they ate breakfast at, at our campus, and that was a lot of fun. I wish you hadn't but, told them that. They're going to want one here now. <laughs> yeah. but, it's, but it's a lot of fun, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's, one, it's truly the best way, yeah. I think the most efficient way for us to, to let people know and connect people to Christ outside yeah. of our community. Yeah. And our goal is not to stop here. Right. 
And, and our goal is more campuses one day. We want to have more campuses. We want yeah. to have uh, more uh, in different parts of Nashville, in different areas. So um, yeah. that's We're, our future. Right. Yeah. When there's need and opportunity and resources available, we will always look at and consider, is God wanting us to, to put a core group of people together in that area to help impact that area for Christ. So we're always open to doing more of that as God provides the opportunity and the resources for us to do that. So a big part of connecting people to Christ then, as we looked at the pattern of the early church, was through local campuses, they were helping people connect to Christ and to each other. Another big part of it was that they did life together during the week, not just coming together in the assemblies on Sunday. And I think in the American church, that's where we have dropped the ball probably or gotten off course or off track more than with any other thing. We made church all about just showing up for a service on a Sunday and not being a disciple all the time, where we're doing the discipleship life together all the time. And so churches began to realize that. We began to re-examine and look at the early church again. And we saw that they were uh, very effective in not only connecting people to Christ, but then connecting those people to each other. So that's the third thing today we really want to focus on is connecting people to each other. The very first Christ followers were both being discipled and discipling others by doing life together in groups all during the week not just showing up for the assemblies on Sunday. Let's go back to Acts 2 again. It's a, it's a great picture of the early disciples and how they were living out this life of discipleship. Here's what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostle, apostles' teaching. That's where we find in, in Scripture today. That's the apostles' teaching. To the fellowship, all right? That word fellowship means sharing life together. That's what that word means. They were devoted to doing life together in fellowship with each other, okay? To the breaking of bread, that's the coming around the table and, and what we call communion. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common. Listen to this description. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they did these, these things. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their, where? homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and here's the result of doing it that way the Lord was adding to their number daily those that were being saved did you catch that connection there when they were doing life together in discipleship in groups especially getting together all during the week and in each other's homes what happened they were multiplying. They were disciples who were making disciples who were making disciples. God kept adding to their numbers that way. Friends, it's really not as complicated as we try to make it sometimes. We try, you know, the churches in America today, this, this is the truth, the majority of them are, are stable or declining. They're not growing. But they're running more programs than they've ever run before, and it's killing them. And what we find the early church doing was two things that they focused on. Assembling on Sundays and doing life together in groups all during the week. They just focused on those two things. And guess what happened? Disciples were being made. People were being brought to Christ. The Lord was adding to their number daily those that were being saved. What we have to learn to do as God's people is be willing to make mid-course corrections when we get off course. 
I don't think the American church had any evil intentions, had any evil plan there to get away from Scripture. I just think it kind of happened organically, gradually over time. We just kept adding more and more programs all the time, and it began to drain our churches and our resources to keep trying to do all of that, when in fact, all we really need to do is focus on the main things, connecting people to Christ and each other through the assemblies on Sunday and through doing life together through life groups. So we're going to focus moving forward as a church on those two things, on campuses and on doing life groups together. Well, Mike is uh, uh, involved with a life group. He has been for a long time. Uh, even as we talked about this emphasis, he was on board right away saying this is, this is healthy and good for the church. So I want you to share a little bit with yeah. me about your life group experience. Okay. Yeah. How much time do I have? Not Cause, long. Cause I, I, I love life groups, guys. They I don't mean, like for me to go long here. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, Smyrna. No, oh, we just, just turn you off. Once yeah. you get a certain point, we just all right. kill it. All right. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, the, screen, so we, the screen goes <laughs> up. The screen goes up. At a certain you're time. You're gone. Smyrna, um, so, yeah. No, yeah. life groups, yeah. I have been involved in a life group. Um, we didn't call them life groups until just this past year. Right. Um, I've been involved in a group uh, almost the entire time I've been at Lakeshore, which is about 18 years now. And... I've been wrong with many, many different groups during that time, and all of them were excellent. All of them yeah. were amazing, and all of them did exactly what Randy's been talking about. Um, all, we, we were able to connect to Christ and to each other, and we were able to do life together. Um, so you might be asking, well, I just want to tell you real quick, if you are new to Lakeshore or maybe new to church, you may not know what a life group is. A life group is very simply a group of people that get together in a community to do life together. And we do that through Bible study. We do it through prayer. Um, we do it through a lot, uh, just, just having fellowship together. Um, my life group, and I actually have a picture of my life group, I think, um, I think both places. Uh, we went axe throwing last weekend. So that's what we did for, and we went and we, that's us throwing axes. My wife, the reason she has the hat on, if you can, can see can, that. Can I interrupt you for a minute? <laughs> yeah, go for it. This may not be appropriate for every life Maybe group. Maybe not every okay. life group. But we had a lot of fun. Uh, okay. All okay. Right, <laughs> and and my wife actually won. She won the top axe thrower award. So she beat everybody. Yeah. Oh, so Becky. yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know really know how to take that. If that's a good or a bad thing. I'd but, be careful at home, yeah. Mike. But yeah. at yeah. night she's throwing things probably. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But we do. So so life groups very simply you do life together. Um. And our life group. Uh, th these are the people that I call when, um, when, when things happen. Yeah. When, when something is going on in my life or in their life or there's a prayer need, those are the people that we call. Um, those are the people that uh, when a family member passes away, my grandfather passed away um, uh, about two years ago, and I remember my life group at the time were the first ones that called me like, hey, what do you need? Yeah. What can we do for you? Do you need anything? Um, and, and it was just a great. And so in research has shown us that life groups, and Randy's talked about this, is the best way to connect people to each other. Um, you are more likely to invite someone to a life group that meets in your home, because that's yeah. an important part of that. Um, you're more likely to invite someone to your home than you are to church. Um, and also, and they are more likely to attend when it's in your home. Yeah. Those life groups, they're more likely. So what that means is a lot of people's first connection at Lakeshore is more than likely going to be a life group. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It is. That's a really good thing. Um, and so I don't, we, we and a lot, I know a lot of us sometimes, the first reaction is, well, that sounds great, but I don't have time for that. I've yeah. got soccer. I've got sports. I've got this. My kids have this. My kids have this. We need to be willing to give up some of the things that we think are important 
for the things that are the most important. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, every, every, there are times, my life group, I meet tonight with my life group. I'm excited. My kids are excited. My kids love my life group because there are 11 boys and one girl in our <laughs> life group. He has three I boys. I have three boys. Yeah. And yeah. they love it. And, and that girl's tough too. And, and, but but the, they are so, it's such a good example for my kids that every Sunday night they know yeah. we are going to study the Bible with a group of people. Yeah. We're going to go do life with a group of people. And with having that many boys, sometimes not a lot of Bible study happens. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you, okay? But we always are able to meet together. Sometimes we laugh together. Sometimes we cry together. Um, sometimes, and, you know, sometimes we, people will show up, and we, we've hosted for um, at, our, at our last group, and, you know, people would show up to our house, and our house would just be full of dishes and a mess, and we'd be like, this is what we're doing tonight yeah. because we do life together because that's life. Life yeah. is just, we're sharing our lives together. And, and that's an okay thing to not have a perfect study every single week. And I think yeah. one of the best ways for us, we're going to be doing a launch um, for our life groups um, next month. And yeah. I can't remember the date. Actually, March. March, yeah. yes, yeah. in March. And, yeah. um, and one of the best ways for you to get involved in a life group is we have a program here called Rooted. Yeah. And, and Rooted, if you've not been through Rooted, I want to encourage you to find a rooted group when we launch yeah. them in March, because we're going to be launching some at each campus, near each campus. We'll be, we'll be launching hopefully a lot of them. Yeah. And that is the best way. Rooted in, um, has Bible study. It has fasting. It has prayer. It has service. Those are all the things that yeah. our life group should be doing. We should Absolutely. be praying together. We should be uh, Bible study together. We, we should be serving together. Everything that we do yeah should really go through life groups. Everything that we, we yeah. the church does can be done a lot, a lot of times through life groups. Yeah. Uh, some of those studies that we've been going through, getting ready and looking at trying to tweak and keep ourselves on course with what we really need to be doing as a church have revealed some really important things in the culture around us. And one of the things uh, that he mentioned already that's really a big deal and that is, with all the social media we have today, people are feeling more lonely today right. than at any time they've ever studied it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> We've got all this ability to connect electronically, but it's not replacing the face-to-face -face personal relationship with each other connections that we need to have. And what we've done as a church sometimes is we failed to realize the value of the smaller, more intimate group settings where relationships do happen and where they grow and they mature and they develop over time. People want it to be instantaneous. Sometimes they go to a group, you know, a time or two and say, well, I don't feel like I've got any friends. I'm not connected there. Well, relationships take time. You have to do it, commit to it over the long haul for that to take place. And what we've decided to do moving forward to help really do this and do it well is, is we're, we're not going to focus on running a bunch of programs at Lakeshore Christian Church. Uh, churches are killing themselves doing that. You can't staff them and resource them and, you know, have the money and the volunteers. and they just. Uh, what we ended up doing over the years was we got a program for men, a program for women, a program for seniors, a program for singles, a pro and we just kept adding more and more programs all the time, and people were still lonely and not connected and not involved. So moving forward, what we're going to do is simplify. I love that word. Yes. Simplify. We're going to focus on the weekend assemblies at our campuses and life groups during the week. 
And that's what we're going to pour our resources into and our efforts into and our prayers into and our calling you to be a part of into those two big things at Lakeshore. Now, here's what you need to know. We already have a lot of life groups, and these groups will continue to meet in different places at different times. Uh, you say, what about if I want a group with all women? Yeah, we got some group with just women. What about if I want a men's group? Yeah, we got groups that are just all men. Uh, what about young, young family? Yeah, we got some groups that are young family. You see, you don't have to start a whole other program. You just do a group. You just do life together. And that, if you want to have some other men you get with, go do breakfast together. Have, go serve together. Do Bible study. You don't have to have a whole other program to do that uh, with women or men or singles or seniors or whoever it is. And, and here's something else the studies have found that we need to rethink. Younger people are hungry for interaction with the more mature people. Absolutely. They want to be mentored and taught and led by people who have more life experience. Instead of dividing up by age and sex and all of that, you know what we found? Life groups actually serve the purpose better when they're mixed groups, not segmentized in all these different groups. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a need occasionally for a specialized class or group for a particular need. Of course, we'll do that. We've got a class coming up for parents with uh, special needs children. All right, that's a special need that we can do some class and, and instruction and uh, get those people connected with each other. That helps. So we'll still continue to do some of that. Here's something else we'll do, continue to do. We will continue promoting some of the big events, like there's a men's conference at White Mills Christian Camp or women's conference at the camp, things like that. We'll keep promoting that and encouraging you to go to that and get groups to go together with and all that. Groups can get together and do stuff anytime they want. That's great. That's part of doing life together. But the day-to-day -day living out the Christian walk, we assemble on Sundays for the encouragement and the accountability and the instruction, and then we meet with our groups during the week to live out and grow as disciples and make other disciples in the body of Christ. Here's the thing. When you look at the New Testament, that's what the early church did. And those Christians turned the world upside down for Christ. They weren't running a bunch of programs. They were just doing the Christian life together and inviting other people to come into that walk with them as they followed Christ. And the world was changed forever. And we are here today because they did that way back then. So we want to recommit ourselves as a church to simplify and focus on the things that really matter. And moving forward, we're going to pour more and more of our efforts into training and equipping and recruiting life group leaders, starting more groups, and inviting people to assemble together on Sundays at our campuses so that we can be that fellowship that we see pictured in the New Testament church in scripture something i was thinking about as we talked about this is how we could do this so what we've done is made a decision that all of this life group activity is going to come under one oversight michael Scherer, who is already on staff with us as executive pastor of family ministries our adult life groups are going to come under his oversight and uh mike swartz is going to be the point person for the smyrna campus i'm going to be the point person for this campus here in antioch so that we can give oversight. And of course, the elders give oversight to the whole thing, all, everything that happens at Lakeshore, so that we can really invest in and pour into doing this well. We want to do this well because God wants us to do it well because this will impact our culture, our world in a big way. Uh, one of the things that really drives me as a pastor is being effective 
we, we don't want to waste time or energy or resources on things that aren't effective. And what the studies have shown is when it comes down to it, there are, uh, I looked at this again, uh, one person counted it depending on the translation you're looking at, there are 57 one another passages in scripture. And by one another passages, here's what I mean. Passages that say to do things like this, love one another. That occurs at least 16 times in the New Testament instructions to the New Testament church. Love one another. But listen to some of the list. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. Care for one another. Serve one another. Bear with one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Be patient with one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, Submit to one another. Look to the interest of one another. Bear with one another, which means put up with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Stir up. Uh, provoke, stimulate one another toward love and good deeds. Show hospitality to one another. Employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Pray for one another. Confess your faults to one another. You can't live out the one another passages with just big events and programs. It has to happen in more intimate relationships, doing life together with each other. That's the only way we can fulfill the call God has for us as disciples of Jesus Christ, is to do it with one another. And we believe the assemblies on the weekends and the doing life together in groups during the week are the most effective ways, following the pattern of the New Testament, to accomplish what God has called us to do as a church. The starting point, let's thank Mike for being here with us at the Antioch campus today. I just want to brag on him for just a moment before we close. Uh, he and his family, Becky's here and the kids are here with us at this campus today. Smyrna, thank you for sharing him with us today. You got uh, Mike Sherry today. We're sorry about that. but He's the uh, best we could do. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Sherry's a great guy. We're glad he's able to be down there. But here's what I want you to know. Mike's heart is, and, and Becky, their whole family, their heart is invested in this vision, this passion that Christ has for making disciples who make disciples. And I'm so glad that God led us to call him as our first campus pastor. Uh, let's thank him just one more time for doing such a great job. With that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, as we finish up today, here's what I want you to know. The starting point for all of this for you, if you're not connected already, what's the first thing? Connect people to Christ. So today, if you're not already connected to Christ, we're going to give you that opportunity. We're going to have an invitation time. If you're ready to take that step to make Christ the Lord of your life, to start following him as his disciple, then you know making disciples involves baptizing. If you're not baptized already, we can take care of that today. You can start that process today at the Smyrna campus, at this campus, either way. You could come take that step to connect with Christ. And if you do that, here's what's going to happen. You'll automatically then be connected to the body of Christ at Lakeshore, whichever campus you're at. You're all, he's going to add you to his church and to, to that campus, and, and you'll be part of being connected to others. And then the next step would be if you've already done that and you're not connected to a life group where you're doing life together as a disciple who makes disciples with other disciples, you could take that step today. Just let us know before you leave. I'm interested in getting connected to a life group and 
We've got uh, a way for you to sign up and, and show that interest at the kiosk at both campuses. You can say, I'm interested in being part of a life group or finding out more about that. We will help you with that step today of getting connected to each other through life groups at Lakeshore. Let's close with a word of prayer as we prepare for our time of invitation. Father, we thank you. Let's all stand together. Father, we thank you for this time when we've been able to come together and learn more about the vision for your church. You made it clear in your word that you want us to be a group of followers of Jesus, disciples who make disciples. And sometimes we can get off course with that. We're making the effort to get back on course and be the church that we see in the New Testament, the church that was being added to daily, the church that was growing and multiplying disciples, the church that turned the world upside down. May we be more and more that church. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.